Okay, let's let's cast. Let's cast. Let's do it. All right, Raymond, what have you been up to, man? Give me a two-minute rundown because we have a lot to do this podcast. We have a really exciting news. We were giving away something again this week. Dude, we are we are I we are just givers and we are extremely humble. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's how it is. We are just so humble from how much we give away. That's how that's how that works. You know, I think I'm probably one of the most humble people ever. Next week on Maury, <laughs> Raymond has God complex, but is really the disciple. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I can't wait for that episode. I love that, dude. Uh, what have you been doing? This on? week has been, it's, it's just been trying to streamline, I guess, my business. So I realized that, uh, you know, parts of my day, I spend too much time doing one thing uh, as opposed to what I should be doing. Uh, so what I decided to do was just try to automate as much as possible and freeing up time to allow me to do other activities. So that's been fun. Uh, it's been a bit of a headache, but luckily there's people who have been able to help me out with some questions that I've had. Uh, and it's, it's working. So we'll see. We'll see how this, we'll see how this turns out. What about you? What have you been up to? This week's been good. I've been busy. Uh, I got lots of work um, on the horizon, not just weddings, but some other personal projects. Yeah, just like that. I'm just kind of, you know, looking out on the horizon of work. Um, I'm getting like really a sea excited. captain. Like a sea captain. Yeah, there's some personal projects I'm really stoked to start uh, exploring, especially around ultra runners. Um, I'm excited to keep playing with that Fuji, real, really dial in how I want to use it and, you know, how it works for me and my style in the van, um, especially. Um, and Real quick, on a scale from one to best camera ever, what would you give the Fuji? Second best camera ever. All right. I mean, hey, right that's, behind that's the review. whole Nikon line. <laughs> uh, the entire line, huh? Uh, right up until about like you know the seventy two hundred series. Right after that, it would be Fuji. All right, whatever. It's it'll it'll grow on you. I'm not worried. I ain't worried. I'm not scared. No, okay. Well, okay. You know what, Raymond? Tell us about this week. This week, we do not have a guest, so all Ooh. of you lovely listeners just get to enjoy the soothing sounds of Callum and his voice while we lull you to sleep with our uh, baritone uh, readings of this week's topic: editing. <laughs> No, no, no. Come on, Raymond. Pull it together. We are going to be lively people here. We we are going to be lively people. At the end of this podcast, you're going to be so excited to get in front of your computer and open up some files that uh, you're just not going to know what to do with yourself. So this week's entire episode is all about editing. 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 And specifically, what program, Callum? Uh, oh, Lightroom? Lightroom. Lightroom. (laughs) Here's why. Lightroom is the industry standard. There are a ton of other photo editors out there. A lot of them are free. Some of them are built into, you know, your your computer with Photos app on the Mac or, I don't know, I'm sure that there's some sort of replacement on Windows computer. I just don't use Windows, so I'm not I'm not very well uh, informed as to what they would be, but it's it's a pretty big issue that doesn't really get talked about a lot with beginners. There seems to be like this 
beginners always seem to focus on the cameras and the gear. And then at some point, if they ever make the jump to a photographer, like a professional photographer, or at least a, a hobbyist, then somehow they're just expected to know things about Lightroom. And, and we haven't really found anything in between. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Lightroom is, what it isn't, what it can do, and how it can help you uh, bring your photos to life better. But first, we got something pretty excited for you guys at the end of the episode. Callum, you want to give them a little teaser about what that is? We're going to give you a link to something that took me quite a few days to nail in because I wanted you guys to be excited for it. It is a free preset. That's right. A free Lightroom preset. Yeah. I spent quite a few days creating this uh, this awesome preset for you guys. And this preset I tested for indoor, outdoor, harsh light, shade, evening shots. You can use this on anything you bring into Lightroom, and I hope that it helps you at least give you a little bit of an idea of where you can take your photos in Lightroom itself. So now here's the next question for our listeners. What the hell is a preset? A so, pre- oh, are you going to tell? <laughs> no. I was just going to say that so this whole episode is going to cl- clue you in a whole lot more on what it is and how it's going to be able to help you. So... Callum, you uh, you want to get started, man? I know that you shoot a little bit of film uh, with your Holga camera, but um, do you want to talk about what editing kind of consisted of in the film days before sure. digital? Sure, yeah. So back when we had film, uh, we didn't have the ability to put film through an actual computer like we have the advantage of today. So when a photographer would send his, you know, if he had his own we would have a developing area, um, usually what they would call a dark room. And in that dark room is where all the adjustments to that singular image would be made before they printed it. So they would be able to probably adjust exposure, contrast. They might be able to dodge and burn. And dodge means to lighten some areas of an image, and burn means to darken some other areas of an image. They would be able to do a little bit of that and play with it, but... They wouldn't be able to change the colors if it was color film. They wouldn't be able to uh, mute a lot of the colors if it was a really contrasty film. They they had they were pretty limited in where they could go. But all they what they would do is they would just run it through that, and what they got was what they got. Nothing like what we have today. And it's important to note that all of those adjustments could only be made by professionals people who knew what they were doing because you only got one chance at it and once that was it it's done you could ruin the film if you didn't know what you're doing with the chemicals at hand yeah right right absolutely uh when i went to film school uh we shot our thesis on film and i shot for a specific style knowing how the film was going to be edited and therefore once we got the film developed well when you take it to the lab you tell them that you can either push it or pull it the amount of exposure. So imagine that you went out and you shot something, right? You went out to go um, photograph your kids at the park or something. You would have to have nailed the exposure on those photos and then know how you wanted them edited before they were even developed. So before you could even see the photos, when you would go to the people who would develop the film, you would tell them, hey, 
push it a stop, meaning brighten it up one stop. Or, hey, pull it a stop, meaning, hey, darken all of these photos one stop. And there's different reasons why you would do that. Some artistic effect, uh, which is the reason why we did it, to get a shallower depth of field, but obviously a still exposed image. Um, and because of that, you had to get it right in camera. Otherwise... I mean, that was that. That was you, Your editing capabilities were very limited, which is the exact opposite of um, today's today. day and age. Oh, that is so true. You can do so much with Lightroom and its, you know, its big brother Photoshop, which I'm sure everyone has at least heard of. Even Maybe if you've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big, I guess. Yeah, maybe you've heard of it. In the world, you know. Yeah, that, I guess. Stuff. I think you can put flowers in. That's it. <laughs> It is, but let's talk about Lightroom a little bit, Raymond. Let's um, let's maybe go through, you know, and, and talk about what Lightroom on the surface is capable of. Do you want to tell them or you want me to tell them today? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, at, at its core, the biggest thing that people always say is like, well, what's the difference between Lightroom and Photoshop? And we'll get to that. But I think that the answer is just in the summary of what Lightroom is. And Lightroom is like, it's a full ecosystem of your for for your photos rather think of it like the shoebox of photos that your grandparents or maybe even your parents had probably your parents think of that whole shoebox except it's much more more organized you have the capabilities to tag photos you have the ability to rate photos this is where you come lightroom to find your photos to see your photos to view them to take them in and do whatever you want with them so lightroom is most commonly used for the editing of photographs but that is just so little so little of what lightroom actually can do that it needs to be brought to light all of its other capabilities when you're comparing it to what photoshop can't do that's yeah, that's bang on. That's right on the money. And I think it's it's important to note a little bit, Raymond, with Lightroom, is that, you know, it can be the one-stop shop for you. You know, there are many professionals out there who, you know, only use Lightroom. Mm-hmm. And there are some who obviously use Lightroom, Photoshop, and a bunch of other applications or programs that help them achieve what they want to accomplish. What we want to talk to you about today is really about how you can utilize Lightroom to create an editing style that is personal to you. Uh, yeah, no, that's 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 absolutely correct. Uh, one of the things that beginners tend to have problems with is the organization of their photos. They take all these great photos, they put them on their computer, and then what happens to them several years down the road? You're trying to remember, where are the photos of your son's first birthday? You have no idea. You don't know where they are, right? That can be a problem. So Lightroom is the solution to that. And what Lightroom can do is that With every photograph that you take, there's a little bit of information added into the file that you don't necessarily see, but things like time and date and uh, the camera that it was taken with and sometimes the lens as well. Uh, Lightroom takes all this information and it stores it. So I've had this happen to me several times where I've thought to myself like, man, I'll give you a real world example. A few years ago, I guess it was 2012, I suppose, we went out. This is when we were living in California. We went down to San Diego for a friend's wedding. And the hotel that we were staying at had this little coffee shop, little 
like breakfast diner thing in it and it was just so cute and small and you know it got amazing reviews on uh, Yelp and all these places so we had to give it a shot and you know I took a few pictures or whatever well just a few weeks ago my wife and I were actually talking about it we're like man what was the name of that diner like I can't remember it for the life of me but I remembered that I took a photo there so therefore if I kept the photo in Lightroom which I did I would be able to search by date. So I remembered that my friend's wedding was in 2012 and it was in, you know, July or whatever certain month it was. And then based on that, I could see all the photos that I had taken within that time right away. Boom. Oh, there it is. It was called the Waffle House or the Waffle Spot. Waffle King? You don't even know. I don't remember now, but actually I should probably go back and look at it in in Lightroom. But... Uh, I mean, it's very useful for things like that, where typically you would name, I mean, what are the names of the files that come out of your camera? All of your photos are called like image 27981.jpg. You're never going to remember those names. You're never going to remember where you store them. Four, two, eight, nine. Yeah, exactly. Like you're never going to remember these things. So Lightroom, the main thing that I love Lightroom for is its ability to organize your photos very cleanly and very efficiently. And at the same time, I'll give you another example. As a camera geek, I've gone through a lot of cameras in my time, specifically back back then, about 2011, 2012 or so. I was really trying to find the perfect, like, everywhere camera that I could just bring with me before cell phone cameras really were good enough. And I remembered uh, that one day we went down to the beach, and I remembered exactly what camera it was that I took the photos with. I didn't remember what year it was. I didn't remember what month it was, but I remembered the camera. Because Lightroom keeps this information that's stored inside of the photos, I was very easily able to recall those photos, find them, and realize, wow, these are terrible photos. Give them a quick edit, save it, and then my wife and I could enjoy it again. That's interesting you say that, Raymond, because one of the points I wanted to make is that Lightroom is such a universal program now. It supports just every camera. If it's JPEGs, it will take them and be able to render you a preview of what your image looks like and you can edit those photos no matter what. It's beautiful that way. I can put Nikons in there, Canon, Fuji, Sony, iPhone photos and edit them to my heart's content. And Lightroom will know which ones are those, you know, Sony's or Nikons or Fuji's. It organizes it for you and lets you do things quickly and efficiently so you can go back to having fun taking photos. That's right. Yeah. Lightroom is a is a huge time saver. And that is where it has its huge advantage over Photoshop. So um, you want to talk about a little bit of the differences between Photoshop and Lightroom? Absolutely. Lightroom and Photoshop are not a competing program. They're made by the same company, Adobe. And Adobe created Photoshop first. Photoshop was the first sort of major digital manipulation program available uh, when it came on the market, and or and I, there were others, but Photoshop very quickly became the standout. But comparing Lightroom and Photoshop is like trying to compare a sports car and a minivan. So if you you know you have a huge family, a sports car doesn't work for you. If you have a ton, if you have five thousand files, or you know maybe two or three kids, that sports car is not practical for your purposes. It's still fun you, though. Still fun, but a minivan would be totally you know, applicable to you, which is why minivans are very popular when you have, you know, more kids. Raymond, you're about to have another child. Maybe it's time for a minivan. Never. No way, bro. 
Okay, well, besides Raymond, you didn't like either. <laughs> and what it's doing is Lightroom shines when you're editing multiple photos or batches of photos at one time. Now, for example, let's say you went outside in your backyard and spent an hour taking photos of your dog. You would get very disheartened very quickly opening up, editing a photo in Photoshop, saving it, closing it, opening a new photo, and doing that for 200 photos. Lightroom has the advantage of being able to, you hit one button, and we're going to get to about how you can do that later. You hit one button, and it will it will show you all your photos edited in the exact same style with a preset, like that preset I'm going to give away to you today. Photoshop is kind of like the massive sports car that can do really amazing things really fast, like photo manipulation, removing complete objects from images, but it doesn't do it in batches. It's very hard to get Photoshop to edit in batches quickly. It's not a fast program. It's for specialists, not just specialists, photographers who have two or three photos maybe that they want to do specific work to. So you're going to find two very different uses for Lightroom and Photoshop. Raymond, I think you want to add something to that. It sounds like you're about to jump in there. Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Yeah, I mean, in fact, the official name for Lightroom is Adobe Photoshop Lightroom. So, right. I mean, th if that's just proof right there that they're not meant to compete with each other. This is where, like, how I talked earlier that uh, Lightroom is most well-known for its editing capabilities. But really, I mean, it's, it's so small of a percentage of what it actually can do for you that it shouldn't even be compared to Photoshop. And on top of that, this is getting really technical, but Photoshop is actually a pixel editor. You you can physically change each pixel of the photo. Whereas in Lightroom, it's just, it's more broad. Um, it's more global adjustments with some spot adjustments, I guess, that you could make yourself, but it's not down to the pixel level. So if you really need to get exactly a like crystal clear, perfectly sharp, like, image or you're cutting something out or you're adding something into a photo it needs to be done in photoshop but lightroom just like a dark room is where you do these global changes or you're allowed to dodge and burn you know if the sky is too overexposed then you can go ahead and burn it a couple of stops until you're happy with how it turns out all i was going to mention was that for for lightroom I use Lightroom for probably about 95% of my work. I'll bring home a shoot of any kind, and I will batch edit them so they all look the same. 
And then I can take the five or ten that I love, and I might need to take one or two of those into Photoshop just to remove maybe some extra hair or hair that got in the way or a tree branch that was coming out of someone's head. But that's about it. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, when I think about Photoshop, it's really not much work that I'm doing except for things like Brenizers. I would say that out of all of my work, 98% of it is done in Lightroom, and then the remaining 2% of it is done in Photoshop. And that is mainly for portraits, to clean them up as much as possible. And But the majority of my Photoshop work is all about Brenizers and stitching together large groups of photos that Lightroom doesn't uh that isn't as flexible with uh so i really need that control and that's why photoshop is perfect for this application but one of the biggest problems with photoshop is that if you were to edit an entire birthday party if you were to edit an entire wedding or you know you're just outside with your dog or your kids in Photoshop, you're going to run into a huge problem, and that is consistency. Because you can't edit multiple photos at once, you look at one photo and think, that's good. You look at another photo, you edit it how you want to and think, that's good. Well, three hours later, when your eyes are just exhausted and tired, and maybe your monitor has now warmed up or cooled down, or the brightness has changed or something, your judgment is going to dramatically differ over how you would have edited an an image earlier. And that is another huge, 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 I would say the most important pro of using Lightroom is that you're gonna get a more consistent product, meaning that when somebody looks at your photos, they're gonna say, wow, that is a Callum Pinckney photo. Like, that is great, that is great editing. I know exactly the style that that is, and I love it. Whereas if you were editing the whole thing in Photoshop, it's going to change slightly, but every, every time. time it's going to change slightly, meaning that over a large amount of photos, it's going to change drastically by the time you're done with your edits. So it's a problem. Sure, absolutely. And I think this is a perfect time for us to talk about digital workflow briefly um, from shoot all the way to sharing photos online. All right, yeah, uh, go for it. What, what, when you first started out, what was your workflow? It was bad when I first started out. It was yeah. really not impressive. I think I, you know, and I wasn't even in the programs or apps. I just had no sense about how I should go about uh, photo storage, editing, and exporting. Um, and my back, back, way back when it would be shoot. You know, on JPEG, uh, I bring it into Aperture at the time. Yeah, man, I missed that. Yeah, uh, went through Aperture, exported it, and never thought about them again. I would share them, and that would be it. They'd be done. I would they would go into a folder, edited, and I would never think about those the raw JPEGs ever again. Um, but today, you know, twenty sixteen. Uh, I have a very different, you know, and some of this is not going to apply to some of our listeners, but I'll go ahead and I'll shoot, um, you know, let's say an engagement session. I'll come home. I'll put all the cards into my computer and import them in Lightroom, multiple cards at a time. I'll import them. I will then make a backup because I don't like to lose photographs. All those raw files are going to be backed up and I will create previews. 
And we might even do a whole episode on previews another time. But when I import those photos, I tell Lightroom where to store them, what preset to use. So that would be what exposure, what contrast, whether I want it to shift certain colors, you know, more warmth, more, uh, less warmth, uh, desaturate greens. I tell it to do it all of the photos. Let's say there's 500 photos. I'll tell it to go do the exact same thing to all the photos all at once and then show them all to me like that. And then I will probably go get a coffee, come back in five minutes when it's done that, and look at all the photos and pick out my favorite one. I then take those ones that I want to use on my website. I will do a final touch up. Um, and usually those are the exact same ones I'm going to use as delivery. And I edit those. If I need to get rid of pimples and stuff or, you know, blemishes, I can do that in Lightroom. Lightroom mm -hmm. does have that capability. But if it's, you know, I need to get rid of lots of hair coming across the face, I will then quickly pop it into Photoshop and bring it back to Lightroom. And then from there, I export into a final delivery folder. And what's really important for, if you're listening to us, to know is that telling right Lightroom on import to run that preset on all 500 images saves me hours and hours and hours. Hours. I don't even know how many hours. Hours. It's yeah, well, I mean, I can tell you from experience that the first time that I edited a wedding, it took me over two months to edit the entire wedding because I was doing it one by one by one. And by the time I was, you know, finished with it, I never wanted to shoot another wedding again. I was just so sick of it. It was once I started using Lightroom and really noticing that most of my edits were basically, you know, standard the same anyway, I could create a preset and then apply that on import, meaning that I didn't have to go through every single photo, adjust exposure, uh, contrast, white balance, sharpening, saturation. Next photo, exposure, white balance, saturation, sharp, and all of those things. It was done when I imported the photo. And that amount of time saved means that you can either get back to shooting something else or uh, you can really work on refining that style some more. That's, that's, you've nailed it right on the head. It's, it's all about getting to about 95% of what you want to accomplish with your style and then using that time to dial in the last 5% until you're absolutely satisfied. And that's what we hope happens when you download that preset. It might get you somewhere that you really like and you can tweak it from there. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I think that that's great. I think 
now people have a little bit of a better understanding of what a preset is, like we talked about earlier. It's just, uh, I hate to say this, but think of it as a filter that you're typically accustomed to, but is completely editable. So it's not just like you press one button to apply a filter. It's you press one button that's going to apply some changes that then you can tweak individually to customize uh, to best fit your shooting style. Absolutely. So think of it like when you post on Instagram, ask you what filter you want to use. You can hit Slumber, Claritin, Lark. Lark forever. Lark forever for Raymond. Um, there's a whole bunch on there, and you can keep your favorite ones and use them. But you can't actually go, okay, I really love Lark, you know, the way it, it, it does this and edit a different part of it per se. But it is a preset. It's predefined settings of how to handle an image. With a preset in Lightroom, you can hit that button. It will make those changes, and you go, oh, you know, usually I really love the highlights or the contrast, but today I want more highlights and I want more contrast. You can just edit those very quickly and you're already done. You don't have to change all the other settings because they are predefined and already set for you. Yeah. I think it's important though, you know, now that they are armed with this knowledge, is to talk about a few traps that we know a lot of beginners get into especially when they, you know, the very first time they boot up Lightroom or uh, a similar program like Aperture or Picasa is another, is it Picasa, I believe is another one called? I don't think that it's a raw editor. Oh, it's not. It might just be a JPEG. I know Capture One. Yeah, that, um, I don't think anybody using that. Right. I mean, this is why we're talking about Lightroom. It's just the industry standard. So we're yeah. just going to assume that you're using Lightroom because... Chances are you're going to be using Lightroom anyway. One of the big traps I see absolute beginners get into, and it's actually a very normal trap. Um, and, you know, and I fell for it when I, you know, first started, is going from you know zero saturation to 100. <laughs> saturation is good. It's an important tool to have because saturating some colors is very important. But saturating colors to 100 all the time for every photo can create kind of like a rainbow puke effect. It's almost like <laughs> every color is always on the table, always in your face. And, so, and that doesn't work, you know, if you look at magazine quality photos, every color isn't super saturated all the time. Raymond, tell us about another trap that you, uh, you see beginners fall into that is a completely acceptable trap to fall into. It's, it's kind of like a universal thing. Everybody loves both saturation, like you mentioned before, which I'm, you know, I'm victim of it as well. I did the exact same thing. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I boosted it to 100 and then even turned up the vibrance a little bit just, <laughs> just to get a little bit extra pop. Yeah. Never, never worked out very well. But the second thing is always a vignette. People think that adding a vignette is really going to draw your eye into the center of the photo. And guess what? It totally does. But it looks like garbage. 
you really should be focusing on filling your frame and giving a composition with lines and you know blocking that is going to draw your eye exactly where you want it to go as opposed to just like I'm just gonna shoot whatever and then add a vignette that is automatically going to make your eye go right to the center it is one of the telltale signs of a beginner and I mean I completely understand as a beginner, you don't really know too much about composition. You don't know too much about posing. You don't know too much about lighting. So really ensuring that you can get your viewer to go right where you want them to go. Makes sense. You should really be having a strong photo and then enhance that as opposed to having a weak photo and then trying to turn it into a strong photo. Which is why if I could go back in time, I think that I would have been less apprehensive about presets and I would have just jumped on them because you really realize how much time they can save you and it's not cheating there's a lot of people who think that presets are cheating like you're stealing somebody else's photo style but i think that it is so 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 important to think of it as a starting point you you wouldn't go off and be a first-time painter all on your own. You wouldn't just go out there and like, I'm just gonna paint what, I don't know, and just see how it turns out. A more efficient way to do that would be to take some sort of art class. And the art class is going to say, hey, guess what? Here's this thing that maybe you should paint. By the way, make it your own. That's how I view presets. Now, you can go off and you can buy a photographer's presets who can sell them for upwards of hundreds of dollars from the amount of time that they've taken to put into defining these presets into something just absolutely incredible and the photos are great but at the end of the day if you're not separating yourself from the other pros out there then you're just falling behind you really need to find something that you enjoy that is consistent reliable and is your own i'd love to hear your thoughts calm i agree it's um you know people get a lot i think with the, I guess, major monetization of, of presets that you can get now, presets get a bad rap. It's like, it's like saying to people, "Oh, you don't have your own your own thoughts on style because you use a preset," you know. And even if you go out there and buy like Visco V S C O Co, um, they visual supply company, they have their own presets. Mm-hmm. And one of the most widely used industry standard sort of preset if you were to go out there and buy something. Absolutely. Them plus, you know, there's Mastin Labs. There's tons that offer you film emulation-based presets. And people are like, oh, well, you know, you're not really a good photographer because you have no style. Well, that's not true. What if you're someone who shoots with a camera and you shoot on Fuji 400 film and you want your digital files to match your film film photographs, you would want to use a Fuji preset, a Fuji 400H preset to emulate that film. In the beginning, my very first weddings, I totally used Visco. Totally. And there's still like amazing wedding photographers who use Visco. I'm pretty sure Jonas Peterson, who's out there, and some others, they like tell you which ones in some of their posts. They're like, yeah, I did this with Film Pack 6. There's nothing wrong with it. It's bad if you don't know why you're using that preset. If you're just hitting presets because you think they're going to solve a problem, then that's not going to be great for you. You want to use a preset with the intent of getting you close to what you want to achieve and be ready 
to tweak it to your exact style. If you don't know what your style is, this is a great time for you to use presets to find out the things you like. There are really so many different options out there when it comes to presets. Some are, you know, matte, some are highly saturated, some are very dark and moody, some are very bright and airy. Totally. You know, Fuji 400H, bright and airy in the right conditions, can be totally dark and contrasty in others, if you allow it to be. So what we're really excited about is we want to give you guys the stepping stone that I guess, at least for me, I was too scared to tackle at first. I felt ashamed to use presets. I had that same mentality that if you're not creating it, you know, 100% entirely yourself, then you're just cheating. And that's simply not the case. You know, presets are just a great way to save time and get back to doing what it is that you love. Like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to give up on photography because I was spending so much time editing that first wedding that I had shot. And it, if that's what it comes down to, then it's, it's lost all control. If you don't want to shoot anymore, then what is the point? Like, why wouldn't you give a preset, a preset a try? And that's exactly what I did. I ended up loving it. I work with a few of them now that I just, I just love. Uh, and they're kind of my own. You know, I've tweaked them all to be maybe more uh, vibrant in certain colors. I love greens. It feels very foresty. Um, and that, that's, that's me. That's how I've tweaked mine. Saved them as my own. And now those are the presets that I apply on import. So we want to give you a blank canvas of your own to start with. And that is why Callum has thanklessly so far until everybody here thanks him, which they should, they should just go give him a shout out on Facebook real quick. A big thank you for putting this together for you all, a preset that can be used in all sorts of situations. Now here's the thing to remember. A preset is not a magic wand. It is not going to take a bad photograph and make it a good photograph. In fact, it might not even take a good photograph and make it a great photograph. There are certain situations that just can't be accounted for that some presets can't match. But no professional would ever just apply a preset, walk away, export, and then deliver those files. Like I said, this is just a starting point. You apply that preset, and then you go through each photo individually, look at them, see how they turned out, and then you just minorly adjust exposure, maybe white balance, maybe contrast, and that's really it. Totally. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game there. Um, the preset that I, I, I made is really just kind of like a starting point on stuff that I think is very popular out there right now, um, especially around crushing blacks a little bit. I didn't do too much. I, did, I kept it sort of neutral, but there's a little bit of that. I add a little bit of contrast and a little bit of clarity to the image just to give you that sort of nice pop between contrasting tones, like skin tones to shade. Um, I think it'll be nice, but I also haven't tweaked a lot of the colors individually so that you can play with them yourself to get to where you want. Of course, you want us to help you with those, reach, us out us, reach out to us on the Facebook group and let us know what you're trying to work on and we'll see what we can do to help you. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So now that you all are just salivating at the mouth to get this preset, oh, that once again, 
Callum has been working so hard to bring all of you. He even gave up a special soccer event that he was supposed to go to. He was actually in the uh, World Championships, and he gave it up just yeah. so that he could create yeah, uh, this preset for you guys. So Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo phoned me and said, can you come play with us? We're short a guy, and we think we could learn something. And I said, I'm sorry. I got to make this preset. And they said, what's a preset? And I said, <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> so I hope this helps you. Tons. Tons. I hope it helps you. And it will. I, I guarantee that it will. So if you want this thing, we're going to put it on our website. And all that you have to do is just sign up for the newsletter. Five tips to taking better photos today. And when you sign up for that newsletter, you're going to get both. You're going to get that downloadable PDF of five secrets on how to take better photos around you right this moment, as well as this Lightroom preset that is going to take these photos that you're now taking better photos of to a whole nother level where you can edit them, where you can get a good idea of what Lightroom really does and hone in your skills. It's true. That's exactly what it's going to do for you. I am so excited to see what you guys do with it. In fact, we have a few examples up on the blog page right now. So if you're listening to this, head over to the beginnerphotographypodcast.com. Check out the show notes for this episode where we're going to have examples of before and afters. And if you like them, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter to download the preset today bump up your photos, bring them to that next level, show them off to the world. They're going to love them. Share them on Instagram. Let us see them as well. We really want to see what you can do with this preset. I think we have given our listeners something that's really going to take them to the next level. I think it's time we just close our mouths, go ahead, let them download that preset, and go back to having fun shooting. Sounds good. Sounds good. So if you guys are at the gym, if you guys are at work, if you guys are driving in the car right now, thank you so much for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast, where we just really want to help you take better photos immediately. No matter what walk of life you're in, if you're a mom with kids, or if you want to be the next superstar, mega fashion photographer, we want to be your start. If you have any questions, let us know. Until then, get downloading that preset because we want to see what you can do with it. We want to see those amazing photos. Put them on Instagram. Remember, hashtag MyBPP, M-Y-B-P-P, My Beginner Photography Podcast, so that we can check them out. We'd love to interact with you and let you know what we think. So until next week. I'm Kel. And I am Raymond. Have a great week. I couldn't think of what to say. <laughs>